We looked at anxious attachment and then avoidant attachment in the previous two episodes. Today, we turn to disorganized attachment, which includes elements of both of these. People with disorganized attachment fear intimacy, but they may also seek it out as well. They're both anxious and avoidant, and they may have a lot of mixed emotions when approaching relationships. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have another educating episode for you this week. This is episode number 253, and today we're going to be talking about disorganized attachment in marriage. Hey there, before we get started, if you did miss last week's episode, we discussed avoidant attachment. Definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And just before we get started, we want to remind you of our cruise coming up February 2020. If you're happily married or married, this cruise is for you. If you're unhappily married, it's not the right solution. But we've designed this for couples who want to keep things fresh or who want to challenge themselves to grow more connected, more together, who value time to rest and relax and refresh the bond that they cherish. All the details, they're on christianmarriagecruise.com. You can reach out to us there and I will get you the latest pricing for a room that fits how you like to travel. As always, if you are struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice and most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic of disorganized attachment in marriage. Okay, so we've talked about different attachments the last couple of weeks. What Anxious does, and avoidant, yes. Yeah, so what does disorganized attachment look like in marriage? Well, sometimes it's called fearful avoidant but or else disorganized, but it, it really has characteristics of both the anxious type and the avoidant type. Okay. So often people with this attachment style have negative views of themselves and others or and their spouse more significantly. Okay. They may feel unworthy of support. And may also anticipate that their spouse will not actually support them. Like oh. they'll, they'll sort of believe that as a something that, that they believe. It. It's a belief about others and a belief about self that's at stake here, right? Okay. They're likely to feel uncomfortable relying on their spouse, despite having a desire to be close and maybe even wanting to rely on their spouse, maybe wanting to be intimately connected to their spouse, but finding that very uncomfortable. So they want it, but they push away from very, it. It's like they're caught in a, a dilemma of independence versus intimacy. Okay. And so it can be hard for them to be vulnerable, to ask for help or to trust their spouse. They may appear to have mood swings. That's like how it might be sort of conceptualized in the other spouse's mind. Okay. But this could just be a reflection of the pendulum swinging between the possessive kind of demands of anxious attachment and the dismissive independence of avoidant attachment. Often I've illustrated this, you know, in person, if you can imagine as you're listening, if you kind of hold up your your hand out in front of you as if you're telling traffic to stop, right? Mm -hmm. And then you hold out your other hand with your fingers if you're beckoning a child to come towards you or that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's kind of the posture of this attachment style. One is saying, no, don't come close. And the other is saying, come closer. So that would just be so confusing to... Well, it's confusing really within themselves yeah. and with their spouse. And it's just kind of hard to know, right? Okay. And that's the part that can be really challenging is that, that inconsistency. But 
compassion, again, helps us understand and know a little bit about how to move toward a spouse who might have this attachment style. So the key then is to see that they have a very deep internal conflict between being afraid of needing their spouse and actually needing their spouse. I need you, Mm. but I'm afraid of needing you. Okay. So it's not like they're afraid of their spouse, but they're afraid of needing their spouse, like to Mm -hmm. be relying on them. Yeah. And so it may result in behavior that appears contradictory or confused or conflicting. They'll seek to approach their spouse in times of distress, but that approach might be interrupted or incomplete somehow by themselves. It may appear to be chaotic or hard to make sense of because at the same time that they're making the approach, they're experiencing a desire to distance themselves. So they may be combining it with aggressiveness or withdrawing kinds of behaviors while they're on the approach. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see abusive behaviors along with this attachment style because the cycle of abuse is characterized by a honeymoon period, a lot of closeness at one end of the cycle, followed by harsh abusive behavior at the other end of the cycle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that all people with disorganized attachment resort to abuse or that all abusive spouses have disorganized attachment. It's Mm -hmm. just making the observation that this is one area of overlap between those two constellations of behaviors. Okay. Okay, that's all I'm saying there. Okay. And there are also connections with this attachment style to sexual infidelity. And again, kind of the same disclaimer, right? There are sexual acting out features that are symptomatic of some people with this attachment style. It doesn't mean all people with disorganized attachment are unfaithful or that all spouses who have affairs are disorganized in their attachment style. Just saying there's some correlation, okay? Okay. So, yeah. I think that qualifies enough. But because of this desire to be close but not be close, some people with this attachment style may tend to have a large number of sexual partners over their lifetime, and they may be more sort of sexually compliant in their nature. So when someone solicits or suggests or asks for sex from them, they're more likely to say yes. They may be Hmm. more likely to say yes. And it's part of wanting a connection, but also feeling afraid of that connection. So in a sense, the hookup culture provides a sense of connection, but no intimacy. So you can see how it might be easier for a person with this attachment style to engage in it, right? Okay. Yeah. Within the context of marriage, someone with this attachment style may move very quickly towards sex when their spouse appears to be unhappy or angry with them, really perhaps as a way of resolving conflict. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to face the underlying issues in the conflict. Oh, we'll so just make it better avoid- with sex. Okay. So that's the avoidant. And you feel like you've made the connection safe again, so you're taking care of the anxious part, right? Okay. Now, in fairness, a lot of couples may have may do makeup sex, but it's it just kind of has this particular dynamic to it. Okay. So you're looking for that well-established pattern there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as you might imagine, this attachment style is born out of very difficult childhood experiences. And if you'd like to begin exploring as a listener, the roots of this style of attachment in your life, we do have an exercise you can download, which will help you begin to identify and explore those early experiences that were influential in your life. And we've also included in that a strategy to help you get out in front of your anger when you feel like you're escalating during conflict with your spouse. And that's a simple but helpful strategy to navigate through conflict with less anger and more understanding. So that hmm. that second exercise is useful for this, but it's actually useful for any couple that is yeah. uh, experiencing conflict. Okay. And you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll take a 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. 
It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about anxious attachment and its impact on marriage. Mm-hmm. So you kind of talked in the bonus, when you're talking about the bonus thing there, about how this it begins in childhood or those early experiences. So how does that develop? develop? So basically, it, a child develops a disorganized attachment style when they feel afraid of the parent and also need to seek out that parent to quell their fear. So huh. just kind of let that sink in, right? That's a profound dilemma especially for a child. Uh, Mary Main, who was a key attachment researcher in the middle of the previous century, called this kind of attachment a fear without solution. Hmm. So sometimes these are children growing up in abusive homes. They may feel that they're in danger around a parent or guardian. They may also consider this person to be their safe place. Whoa. At the same time, like not in the same moment, but the same person in the same context. So even in non-abusive situations, it could be that the parent is unable to function in a protective role or or to identify with the child's needs. Okay. So when, when attachment researchers observed children with this attachment style and they were studying this, they would set up this situation where the parent leaves and then returns and they'd watch the children and how they reacted. And in this case... The, the children, they kind of move toward their parent, but then they change their mind. Or they may run away or act out violently or be unpredictable in their responses. So it's like the child has this intrinsic need to approach the parent for reassurance, for comfort. But at the same time, they might be experiencing anything between some uncertainty and a lot of terror with regards to hmm. what will happen when they come close to that parent. Wow. Yeah. So it's very, okay. it's it's sad to to observe that kind of behavior, right? Because... That's a child that doesn't have a secure base. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And for whatever reasons, the, the parents aren't able to give what they don't have. Yeah. So is it possible then to shift from this disorganized attachment towards yeah. secure attachment? Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's not easy, but it is. And I would say possible. that, yeah, it's the norm that people with this attachment style are coming from very difficult backgrounds. Okay. Usually involving abuse and the experiences of trauma as children. And so that being a case, a good point to begin with is resolving that trauma through good counseling. Okay. You'll need to make sense of the events, the situations of your childhood, the um, disposition of your primary caregiver towards you, that in the ways that those things precipitated this attachment style. And when you understand that, you'll be able to understand yourself better. And sometimes there'll be a clearly abusive parent in this. Other times the caregiver might just not have been there to protect you from abuse that did happen, whatever Mm. it is. It often leads to to very negative views of yourself and of others. And those beliefs and thoughts, because they permeate through, or they they become a lens through which you see people that you now wish to feel secure with, Mm -hmm. that that lens needs to be worked through and it needs to be healed. Uh, so you you begin to know who is safe and move towards them and know who's not safe and stay away from them, right? Oh, okay. And, and then you can develop a secure attachment in that. Now, hmm. 
secure attachment is kind of the goal here, and we've talked about that previously, but it's it's helpful to note that there is this term earned secure attachment, which is just the idea it's a secure attachment style that individuals who've come out of disorganized attachment or other styles of dysfunctional attachment, that they can create for themselves. They can earn their secure attachment. It can be developed during adulthood. Okay. And a counselor who understands attachment will help you make sense of the story of your childhood and make that history more coherent in, in your mind. So, What do you mean by that? Make it more coherent in your mind? Well, because, because of the chaos, it's often like it's a very fragmented jumble of confusing experiences. Oh, right? okay. And it kind of exists in a maelstrom and, and often like, so you'll find yourself in, in a situation in the present that triggers the storm and kind of so it's... Okay. Yeah, when you can resolve and make sense of and see and distill these things and then heal your way through them, then it, you know they don't become uh, sort of inadvertent forces towards perpetuating in you know this attachment style, even just outright dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so by more coherent, it's like you understand everything in Making its in sense. its place. Yeah. It's not just a yeah. and especially chaos. especially too because a lot of people coming out of that background. And the way that the parents were acting, they're blaming themselves for what happened, right? Oh, okay, and yeah. And so they might carry a lot of shame along with it and other things like oh, that too. Okay. So, but this kind of work helps you to make sense of your childhood and, and you come to a clearer understanding of who you are, how you became the person you are, and then shaping who you wish to be in relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the basis for establishing how you want to relate to others today. It's a This is just kind of a bird's eye view of how you can create, earn secure attachment, even with such challenging childhood experiences. Okay. It is it is possible. Huh. And it's good work to do if you're able to do it. Yeah. Willing. You'd think it would just be like calming. Yeah. To not always have a yeah. storm going on. Yes. Yeah. Just peaceful. Yeah. Well, we'd like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We have Julia and we have Matthew. Thank you for your support. Yes. And oh, we have another iTunes I review. Know. I love iTunes reviews. <laughs> this one is five stars from Canada from who Hubulaka. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Great tips. Thank you for some great tips for helping us have a healthy marriage. It's been so helpful. Good. That's awesome. Welcome. Way to take them and use them. Next week. Talking about secure attachment, which is the last part. Finally, we get to like the good part. Yes. Good. Awesome. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 253. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.